Hello, everybody, uh, and welcome back to the Uncultured Cinematic Universe. Shit, I messed That's it up. That's not us. That's not us. Anymore. I messed it up. Got okay. We're gonna start again. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Uncultured Universe. There it is. We are the podcast where two friends show each other movies, shows, and anything else that they need to see outside of movies or shows, hear or experience. Uh, in order to get a little more cultured. Just a little bit, you know? I'm your host, Joe. I'm sorry for that confusing introduction. <laughs> and I'm joined, as always, by the uncultured Justin. Today, it's time to dance your own way with your own steps at the Pan Pacific <laughs> Grand Prix. It's the dazzling 1992 Strictly Ballroom. Justin, take it. Take it away. <laughs> 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 let's 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 hear it for Joe, everybody. Uh, trying his hardest, his pretty hardest. Um, wow, uh, I, I can't wait to see how many times we try to do an Australian accent and fail miserably. I immediately took off with that one and realized this is leaning British, and then I stopped. Um, Australian is is British, but like drunker, oh. uh, a little lazier. I don't know if we can say all of this. <laughs> Let's not immediately jump into being racist to Australians. I was about to say, how many uh, Australians are we going to piss off? Um, who knows? I don't know. I don't know how many listeners we get there. But Joe, this movie was uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, let me let me just kind of set the set the stakes here. Set the. Movie. It is it is February of. 2024 correct mm -hmm. i have completely lost track of what time date day it is what era um, we're in. yeah we here at uncultured universe love a mini series we love a a pairing of films if you will and yeah. so this is the start of our baz lerman month um it's gonna be crazy we we both found a Baz Luhrmann film that the other one hasn't seen, and they happen to coincide with the one other Baz Luhrmann film that we have covered on this podcast. So right. I think it was around this time last year we had, what, Musical March? Yeah. And we did Moulin Rouge, which is maybe his, his more famous movie, but the movie that we're talking about tonight is actually the start of the red curtain Baz Luhrmann trilogy that was ended with Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Um, and so we are talking about the 1992 film strictly ballroom, which this was his debut. Yeah. Yeah. As a filmmaker. Yeah. I have a little background on Baz um, that I can give out in a bit. Um, but yeah, this is what a debut. What, what a what a dazzle baby swung so hard for his debut um i can definitely see uh, uh flavors profiles and things like that that he's sprinkling that he's mm -hmm. trying out that ultimately pay off in more of his um more well-known films like romeo and juliet and moulin rouge mm -hmm. um filming style he loves uh you know uh flash um uh, not not afraid to lean into the silly, lean into the the ridiculous camera angles, mm -hmm. um, like way 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 too close and tight and personal. Um, but I I had a a, a ball with this one. Hey, hey, ballroom dance. Um, yeah, give me give me your first impressions here. What did you know about Strictly Ballroom going into it? 
I knew goose egg. Um, you mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> I knew nothing. You brought this up in our, like you said, in our musical March uh, series that we did last year in 2023. And uh, you said how, you know, Moulin Rouge was, was related or preceded by um, Strictly Ballroom. And I was like, what even is that movie? Mm-hmm. I, I uh, like visuals, nothing, nothing sparked anything in my brain. This wasn't even a blip on my radar. So I went into this completely blind. Um, The only thing I knew was what you told me last March was that like, (laughs) it was kind of like document, like a mockumentary kind of thing. And it's about ballroom dancing in Australia. And that was it. And that's all I had. So I, for some reason, I remembered it as being more mockumentary than it actually is. It's if like you the watch five minutes, <laughs> they it they basically use that motif to like introduce characters where they're kind of like looking directly at the at the screen and they have like you know their name on it and then it's done. Like it it, it goes straight into oh this is a regular rom com uh, dance movie. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking like oh this is like a Christopher Guest movie. Like they're going to be going back and forth between like a camera crew the whole time. Now yeah, you know, it's a regular movie, which which is kind of weird because <clears throat> I was like wait where's the what happened to the like the camera crew that they were talking to? It was just in the first opening sequence. Oh, in their heads, baby. And then it was gone. And I'm actually kind of glad it didn't lean more into that because I actually liked the story mm-hmm. and I think it could have been like undercut and not feel as earnest, as sweet as, um, as, it, as it could have been if it was, you know, cutting back and forth between like, well, can you believe she said that? Or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some of those talking head pieces wouldn't have, wouldn't have jibed with me. God, uh, if we had some sort of like graphics department, I would really want like a scoreboard down in the corner of the screen where it's like Justin little... tries an Australian accent, Joe tries an Australian accent. Just a koala, just like scratching, <laughs> just like a. <laughs> He's like climbing up or down a tree based <laughs> yeah. on like how well we do it. Uh-huh. The koala yeah. wants the eucalyptus. Feed him. Feed him, or he'll die. <laughs> yeah. Um. This is Strictly Ballroom was very much kind of like a library movie in our house. I've mentioned before that we were very much library children growing up. Mm-hmm. We didn't have like cable or or like TV channels, really. We didn't have like satellite or anything. So we just watched like a shit ton of DVDs. Sure. Um, and this was one of them. Uh, it's it's uh, again, it's like a style of comedy that can feel very Christopher Guest, but it's the the earnestness of the movie that I think makes it very Baz uh, as well. Uh, Everyone's kind of wearing their emotions on their sleeves. And it's reflected in what you were saying about like the the film angles too. like this movie's not afraid to get like up close and personal with someone's like fucking pores, you know? Yeah, it's the uh, it's like the announcer guy or whatever. It's the teeth. The T. Oh man, it's like right up in there. It's the announcer guy of like the the competition or whatever, mm-hmm. and he, only only he is like super close up. Everyone else is just pulled far away in normal camera shots. <laughs> Anytime they cut to him, it's just right up in there in his fucking face. It's just incredibly wow. stylized. It's 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 these. I I had a list of like what what kind of makes a Lerman film what we think of when we think of a Lerman film and how this movie as his directorial debut 
sets those precedents early on. And what I was thinking through is like, obviously, this is a movie filled with color. It's filled with sparkle. Um, it's filled with incredible costumes and over the top characters. It has a damn soundtrack. Um, the time after time cover that's kind of at the center of this movie was actually sung by the main romantic lead in this. The, Shut the woman. up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How about wow. that? Fran. Um, Fran. Love Fran. It's about romance. It's about forbidden love. It's it's a camera with a personality uh, is the yeah. way I think about it. Like you see it a lot more in Moulin Rouge, which we covered is like the camera is almost like flipping around with a sound effect at some points. Yes. We'll talk about the sound effects that Baz Luhrmann <laughs> loves to do. Um, it's it's the old like Kung Fu television show yeah. sounds of just a it's a swipe it's a it's a there's always like a touch of magical realism too like, yeah there's insane stuff that happens just kind of on the edge of mm -hmm. uh this movie in particular but it works honestly um with this movie that has that's has so much physicality mm -hmm. of course it's going to make sense and um i don't remember there being as much of those swipey sound effects in in moulin rouge there is but I don't oh, think a there, shit ton. but I don't think there was as much as this one. Um, but even still, when we see our next film in the series, there there's a bunch there too. Yeah, so. I mean, I'll I'll let you end the episode as we always do, talking about the next film we'll cover. But like, speaking of the the Red Curtain trilogy, some use some listeners can maybe uh, discern what we'll be covering next. Um, but. If you if we think about like this movie as the start of the curtain trilogy, you can really see um, where he starts to establish his style and you can see how it grows over the next two films ending with Moulin Rouge. Uh, it's really yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, I was I was so in that regard. So you look at the, the, the trilogy and it's it's always a through line of some sort of like forbidden love sort of story. And the stakes kind of grow with the movie, with, with each subsequent movie. This mm -hmm. one, the stakes are super low. It's just like a local, uh, you know, suburban of suburban area of Australia. I don't know where they are. A but... local. We're talking about the Pan Pacific Grand Prix. Damn you. <laughs> These are the championships. But like the, the, the surrounding, I'll talk about that in a second. But like the, the stakes are very low, right? It's, it's just like. I also it's, have no idea where they are in Australia. That was actually one of my questions. Right. I know. Um, but it's not too crazy uh, of like their forbidden love. It's just like, oh, you should dance with her. She's an amateur. And he's just like, whatever. I'm going to dance with her anyway. Uh, this, the next movie that we go to, uh, the stakes are much higher. It is way more forbidden. It is, some would say it is the, the story of forbidden love. And then um, Moulin Rouge, of course, is forbidden as well. But then you throw in some tuberculosis and some other slapsticky stuff he, he descends into death pretty quickly and that's what i was honestly that's kind of what i was expecting i was like when are we gonna get when are we gonna get bazzed when is he gonna baz us like is uh um oh you thought this movie would would, would end, end in tragic tragic yeah oh. i thought i thought barry or someone was gonna come in and um kill, kill uh what's his name um scott Scott. No, I thought he was going to come in and kill him. 
uh, or something like that, or something tragic was going to happen with her with being uh, living in the backyard of a fucking train train yard, you know. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was going to end in tragedy, and I was yeah. I was waiting for it. I was bracing for it. The two romantic leads are very like in love and like self serious in this movie, but I think they're the remaining cast is so zany around them that mm -hmm. it can't help but really be more of like a light beat rom-com uh more upbeat rom-com right uh, whereas the other two films in his trilogy are um more tragedy drama uh rom romantic tragedies and it, we keep saying trilogy these movies aren't actually related in terms of story in uh, no way. it's more <laughs> it's more uh structure and theme there was actually a a definition I pulled from, I think it was Wikipedia. Uh, Lerman said that the three films followed a specific style of filmmaking. Each film contains a theater motif that reappears throughout the film. So dance is used in the first film, Strictly Ballroom. Poetry and language in the second, which we'll talk about. And then song in the third, that'd be Moulin Rouge. So he... I love it. Yeah, he has a huge theater background uh and that's what he's kind of like working through with these with these movies and, and and i get it and um this is a hell of a one to start with is just like performative earnest dancing uh by way of breaking the mold of something that is strictly ballroom you know that's in the title uh breaking the mold of that to just like feel what's in your heart and maybe dance dance a pasa doble you know? It's about it's about uh, breaking away. It's about a new generation taking over and kind of the conflicts that happen between generations as a result of that. Yeah. Um, it's also about like immigrants providing fucking culture, even though if we think about Australia, like everyone in this movie is a fucking immigrant. But like sure. uh, the cooler immigrants in this case providing culture that uh, maybe has been lacking uh for the rest of society um yeah you get like which is still very true to this day and i'll touch on like my connection to ballroom dancing in a, in a second you have a connection i do um but it's not what you think stay oh, tuned stay tuned um yeah like you look at the uh uh professionals or whatever the judges and they're just sweaty old white guys who who know like what dance is and try to shut down and squash anybody who tries to dance outside of the bounds and um you know they they they, they it won't stand there's there's this movie and then there's a movie called muriel's wedding uh with tony collette that you should watch that have just like instilled in me a belief of like how tacky and kind of like gross looking Australia was in the 90s regardless of like how true that actually is but like the 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 movies that were coming out of Australia at that time that I consumed were this like this blonde hair spray tanned kind of like ultra technicolor style movies that uh scream uh a different era in a way mm -hmm. um and yet it kind of makes the two leads of this movie stand out even more because they're kind of not like plain, but they're they're kind of more normal in the midst of yeah. all that wackiness. Mm -hmm. um, and so they they make sense as kind of the romantic center of this. 
Yeah, and and um, they ground it for sure. They uh, they they stand out from the cacophony of madness that's going on of uh, his mom, Scott's mom, just being the absolute most, being the She's my most favorite character, and just giving the business to her dad the whole time. <laughs> and uh, where even so, at the end, he's like, "Shall we dance?" And, and I'm like. Dude, bitch doesn't fucking even deserve it. <laughs> like she everyone sucks. dancing at the end. Everyone. Any movie, any movie that ends with everyone dancing uh, is a win in my book. Yeah, it was just filled with bodies, just all just swaying, and it's beautiful. All right, we're getting our head of ourselves though. Why don't I give you some film stats, and then we okay. can just jump right into the plot, and then we can talk more about it. Yes. Um, Strictly Bottom, directed by Baz Luhrmann in his film directorial debut who we're here to talk about stars paul mercurio tara maurice bill hunter pat thompson gia carides peter whitford and barry otto who is scott's dad in this who is also the real life dad i found out of aon from lord of the rings shut up that's cool fun yeah um released in august of 1992 bit of a summer flick although i guess mm. it's winter down there i don't know how that works it's um, it's always opposite yes yes do they call it summer though surely not um i don't no. know um, they call winter where we call summer it's probably. not like summer means cold for them right it's different yes 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 i think you're right okay okay in an insane We're country we're learning here um, it's actually based on a stage play that Lerman developed in the mid 80s, which I can't imagine how that worked. Maybe it was like a huge ensemble. Um, mm. But I, 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 I guess if like the the ballroom classroom itself was kind of the center of all of that, you could right. you could see it happening. Mm -hmm. But like there's some big like crowd scenes in this movie that I I'd be interested to see how it translates to the stage. Yeah, it's it's the competitions, right? Yeah, how do you how do you do that on stage? I don't know. Yeah, maybe we only get like the behind the curtain stuff uh, in the the stage bit. That that'd be a cool little. It's the juicy drama. That's all you want. Yeah, um, this film made eleven million uh, against a budget of three, so modest nice. little hit there. Yeah, way them. to go. Um, and like we've been talking about, it's the first in his Red Curtain trilogy. Um, all right. Let's jump right in to plot description then. Do you think you can give me a one minute strictly ballroom summary? Yes. If you will. Yes. All right. Um, your time starts when I can figure out this clock. Um, okay. And go. Strictly ballroom centers around these dance no uh, it, uh, uh scott who is a prodigy dancer he's a, a, a badass he's been dancing forever at this little studio um he's dancing with this one chick who kind of sucks but she has like that uh uh something about merry hair it's really weird um he he tries to dance outside of bounds and like he gets kicked out of the competition or something like that but they're gonna get him back in so he starts dancing with some he needs a new partner so he dances with fran is like literally the frumpy girl with the glasses and the frizzy hair and then they she's all that her and you know her hair smooths and everything's fine um she's like i'm gonna dance your steps and he's like i do i'm gonna dance my steps too so then they go to the competition and they undercut everybody uh but but he learns how to dance with his soul from her family because they're immigrants and they're spanish 
and then they go to the competition and win, but not before he kind of fucks her over for a little bit, but then she's like, I forgive you. And then they dance and make out and they fall in love. It's fun. And um, it's all in Australia. Nice. You're like a couple seconds over. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that covers it. Yeah. Um, it, it is all in Australia. That's a good point to make here. Um, <laughs> in case there's any question. <laughs> it's a very Australian movie. Uh, yeah, I think the one thing I remember going into this is like not realizing that Fran, I'm just, I got to stop. My cat is trying to get in front of the camera right now. Hang on. He's fine. I just dropped him accidentally. Okay, it's fine. I didn't realize that Fran was the girl from the cover of the DVD. Uh, so you you watch the movie and she kind of starts out as a background character they've done some insane stuff to her hair she's wearing <laughs> a triple xl shirt over like leggings um and then so for the first maybe 10 minutes she's kind of comedic relief you 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 think she's like this uh kind of nobody in the background while scott's dealing with his his partnership with Giacaritas. um and then <laughs> And then there's the moment that I love where he's kind of having like a, a, a not flash dance. What's the Kevin Bacon dance one? Oh, um, uh, footloose. Uh, footloose. footloose. <laughs> he's having yeah. like his little footloose moment in front of the mirrors. He thinks he's alone. He looks in the mirror and she's just standing there. And then he asks her how long she's been there. And he she goes two years because <laughs> yeah. that's how long she's been at the studio. It's so um, good. Yeah, I, I love the way that they played her off first of just like, oh, she's just like this. She's the the stereotypical weird girl. She's um, mm -hmm. um, who who is Catwoman? Um, like Michelle Pfeiffer? No, 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 no. Uh, she, uh, Anne uh, Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. She's Anne Hathaway in Princess Diaries. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glasses, the full thing, and. Um, as soon as she came on screen, I was like, oh, they're going to fucking like, she's all that. Her. There literally is a moment where like he asked her if he needs her glasses. Uh, she needs her glasses. And then he's like, dance, and she's like, no. And he's like, good. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you could dance better without them. Dork. Um, <laughs> but it's it's wonderful. They they find companionship in the fact that they both have their own steps, as they call it. Uh, they both want to break away from like what is strictly considered ballroom and start to kind of like bring some modernity to the ballroom dance world. Which is weird. Like his is just like, I want to like spin and twirl and slide and all he that kind of stuff. He wants to do stuff. like acrobatics. She's got like actual moves. Yeah. She's got, she's got the Paso Doble and she's got, you know, this Spanish heritage, um, which is, you know, which is wild because she doesn't like totally look it on, on the mm -hmm. outset. And then you see her family later. And you're like, okay, I, I get it. And that's where you get the frizzy dark hair and um yeah, and I so. so they're Spaniard Spanish kind of thing. I I love that they integrate the scenes with her family um into it where he basically like follows her home one day after they've been having these like secret rehearsals and meets her family. Her family has no idea she's been dancing with him the whole time. So you get like, kind of like a forbidden love thing going where like they they refuse to let him uh, dance with her because she's too innocent and they want to keep him away from her. And then he kind of like stands up for himself and they he says he can do the Paso Doble and then you see them do it 
because they make him do it. And it's like the most like there's only a word for it, like white, like uh, like just completely stiff arm movements where (laughs) it's supposed to be like sensual and passionate. And then the movie spends the next half hour slowly teaching him to actually feel something with his body. Yeah, right. Like he's been dancing for like 20 something years. Like this didn't come up of like how to dance with your heart or that kind of thing. Hilarious. And I thought that was, uh, that whole part is amazing because, you know, like uh, her family, her dad, whoever it is, is like threatening him sort of. And it's like, oh, it's going to be a dance off. (laughs) Like, it's not like I'm going to kick your ass for dancing with my daughter. No, let's have a dance off, buddy. And then they go in the back and he throws off his jacket and you're like, oh, dad's got dancing pants on. I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, his little clogs. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's it's fantastic. Scott has all the technique in the world, but that's not going to get you into the the new age without having a little bit of heart. Uh, yeah. And this movie is about teaching him that. Um, it's great. It's a it's a great uh, twist on that kind of stereotypical story. I can't think of one off the top of my head where it's. Um, it's exactly that of like, you're technically proficient, but uh, you, you don't feel it here mm-hmm. where it counts. Uh, you feel it only here, not here. Right. Um, I weirdly do have another movie that is similar. That was also like one of the movies we had growing up. That is also related to dance. Have you ever seen Billy Elliot? Billy Elliot? No, I haven't seen that one. Okay. It is a movie that was released, I think at the end of the nineties. Um, and it's about this kid who lives in, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. He lives somewhere in Britain during like a coal mine strike. Uh, and so it's like, they're really poor. He lives with like his really like British working class dad and brother (laughs) and his grandmom. Mm -hmm. And they're like real working class, real tough. And he, instead of boxing secretly, decides to go learn ballet from uh, this ballet teacher who is um, the Weasley's mom from Harry Potter. Great. Um, And so he learns how to express himself through ballet secretly um, while hiding it from his working class family. And then he also eventually gets into this like prestigious ballet school doing his own little moves as opposed to like, you know, robotic ballet perfection. Mm-hmm. Uh, they throwing like were... some left hooks and shit. Well, like it, it does it mix in with boxing. Yeah. There, there was, there were so many like dance your heart uh, out movies in the nineties. Like what we talk yeah. about ninja movies, the ninja crave, but we forget about the dancing crave. The, the dancing part of it, of the nineties was, was big too. Right. Uh, especially in the late nineties when you get like the young Channing Tatum and fucking Jessica Alba. Mm-hmm. Uh, flicks um yeah uh, what is it like honey and um stomp going yard in, and yeah um, going into 2000s it was like step up and then that last oh, while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah step up to the streets mm-hmm. uh, yeah step up 3d the revenge <laughs> the revenge <laughs> oh man uh yeah um big movie in our house we should watch it step uh, up yes no, Billy Elliot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me give uh, you. Hmm, give me. Give oh, me. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I, I had a really good time with this movie. Um, uh, the 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 two leads are 
um, and, and I'll say this, like the, making that the, the trailer that I cut for you with the song that I did for you um, mm -hmm. made me like, oh, you which know, I'm I, so thankful for. I think I kind of really like this movie. Um, when you when you just look at it just from their perspective of just seeing that just them just dance and kind of fall in love and kind of um, grow with each other, it's kind of sweet. It's them on the rooftop dancing next to like the clothesline and like the Coca-Cola <laughs> glittery billboard. Coca-Cola thing. I'm like, this is kind of cinema. I, I don't know. This 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 looks fantastic. This movie fucks. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> the the Coca-Cola sign. Hilarious. That had they had to have fronted at least a third of the budget. They had to at least throw in a million dollars. Be like, cool. Sure. We'll we'll pay you um, by the second. And Baz Luhrmann was <laughs> like, great. I'm gonna I'm gonna have that sign up for so many shots for so long. And it's, it's the iconic. There. It's an iconic scene of the movie. It's them on on the roof uh, in front of Coca Cola. Uh, yeah. It's very nineties. Um, very nineties. Yeah, I love the costumes in this. Um, everyone around them looks like one of the evil stepsisters from Cinderella um, <laughs> in terms of like poofiness and just like the hair that you mentioned, which is yeah. all insane. Um, uh, it 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 just takes us back to a simpler time, you know? Yeah, of a lot more hairspray and just like uncomfortable fabric. Yeah, it's performative, you know, dance competition kind of stuff. And it, mm -hmm. and it, um, a lot of it does feel immediately antiquated and, and old. So here's my, here's the connection thing that I, that I can say about. I'm earlier. so excited. Um, during the pandemic, um, or maybe prior to, uh, we started watching, um, dancing with the stars mm -hmm. and we did not take any lessons, but we watched a lot of it. Um, but uh lynn goodman are you familiar with who that is he's we were uh so you think you can dance household okay uh so lynn goodman being like this old professional dancer connoisseur kind of a guy every so often uh in the the, the seasons that we watched he wasn't on um he would just kind of just do like quick video kind of stuff talking about the dance and the con and uh what makes it stand out from other dances and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's this old ass white guy who's like a professional in the, the Spanish two-step or whatever. And it's just like, shouldn't the people who like dance this be the ones talking about it? And it's, it's the whole thing. And it ties into the, to movie, to the movie of like Barry, Barry Glib. No, Barry. What's his name? <laughs> Barry, Barry Fife. Barry Five, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's just like he's the guy pulling all the strings, and he started the whole thing or whatever. But it's just like that guy. Sure, maybe he can technically do it, but like that guy doesn't fuck. He does he's fuck just, in the movie. But he's like, just constantly trying to hawk his like twenty nine ninety nine DVDs or yeah. VHSs uh, yeah. about how to dance. Yeah, uh, it's ridiculous. Um, but but I thought that was a a, a neat hilarious uh, connection. I was like, oh, so he's like the Lynn Goodman of this universe. So wait, like, do you guys know enough to like know the different types of ballroom dance? Like, have you ever tried anything? No, 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 no. Not, Aww. not that. We're not that brave. We're not that brave. But um, you guys would be great. But it was. I mean, we're the same height. It wouldn't quite work out. Um, isn't that 
maybe how it's supposed to be? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of the stuff I've seen, you know, it's like the 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 lead, the male dancer, whatever, is supposed to be taller. Um, or so, I've never, I don't know. I'm really bad at it because I've never understood the concept of like leading. I don't know how that works. I don't know like how the feet back and forth of dancing works. Right. Joe is um, not a leader. <laughs> <laughs> Joe does not take the lead. How would you rate yourself on your willingness to take the lead in a ballroom dance situation? <laughs> Two. Um, Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you, let me give you some uh, background on Lerman real quick. Mm, yeah, just let's talk Lerman. Let's do some Lerman talk. Yeah, I want to, I, I want to kick off uh, just the Lerman talk, and I figure we can kind of close it out uh, in the next episode, bookend it kind of nicely there. So let me talk about his beginning. So his full name is Mark Anthony Lerman, by the way. Baz was a nickname he got in like high school and college because of some sort of a connection to a celebrity that I forget. Um, His mother was a ballroom dance teacher, among other things. His father ran a movie theater, among other things. So you kind of have the foundation right there. This this movie was fated to happen. It absolutely was. Um, He started as an actor in Australia. He's actually in a few TV shows and movies. Um, I don't even know what he looks like. You should look it up. He looks like a he looks like a Devil Wears Prada like fashion person. Um, he oh shit he, he does <laughs> looks kind of like how you would think someone named Baz Luhrmann looks. Um, wow, his acting career allows him to fund a theater company, which leads to Strictly Ballroom being his film directorial debut. Um, and he's cited theatrical styles like Italian grand opera and Bollywood as some of the ones that have influenced his own work. You can definitely see the Bollywood in something like Moulin Rouge. Absolutely, um, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I'm, we, we, we surely talked about that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when we when we talk about Lerman, it's it's always easy, easy to just, like, put him under the umbrella of, like, oh, maximalist. Like, he just wants the most uh, out of every single frame. But I think there's more to it than that. I think, like again, like we were talking about, like his camera moves in a way that it is somewhat of a character uh, in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has these characters in his films that are often like really heightened, really uh, kind of heightened versions of side characters you would normally have in films while also maybe having these like grounded leads. Uh, yeah. And so highlighting the the difference there. Yeah. Um, and I, and, uh, that's kind of what I was expecting of this movie. I was expecting, you know, you, you said it's, it's called Strictly Ballroom. I thought it was going to be like way more into the 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 flash and glitz and glamour and that kind of stuff. And you said it was kind of a mockumentary. And I was like, OK, so it's going to be like flash bulbs, all this kind of stuff. It's going to be <laughs> very Baz Luhrmann. What I've come to know of Baz Luhrmann, of, um, you know, of, of this, the the other two movies that we've talked about already, but also like. Elvis and um, uh, I can't even think of. Oh, uh, Great Gatsby, that kind of Great stuff. Gatsby. Where I, that's what I was expecting from this movie, even though it was his debut. Uh, but this one is like way, way, way ratcheted down comparatively. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that helped me kind of see the kind of filmmaker he is based on those other movies that we've talked about, where it is about just like a core story of two people. Um, just trying to, just trying to make it, you know, just trying to fall in love. 
Yeah, my main my main Baz connections were this movie, Moulin Rouge, and then Australia, which he did in like the mid 2000s. I think Mm -hmm. 2008, actually. Australia is an interesting one because it's super long. It's a historical epic Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have as much as like of like the theatrical um, flashiness. You can tell he's like definitely moving past this red curtain trilogy phase. It's it's much more structured like an epic movie. It's still is kind of sparkly in a way, but he uses a lot more like landscapes and like a lot more of like CGI, like bigness as opposed to like interior spaces that are maybe glitzy in their own right. Yeah. I I did like the, um, the, the kind of the, the Batman gritty realism of this movie of, um, (laughs) It's not like a sweeping metropolis. It's not mm-hmm. um, like a bustling city center downtown. It's just like this little suburb with like two, three story buildings max. They're kind of piddly, a little bit run down. Um, you know, it's behind a train yard station, that kind of stuff. It feels very slice of lifey. Yeah. And, and, and I liked that. You you get the feeling that there's kind of like an, an irony at play there where it's like, all of these people are living and dying for this ballroom competition that is kind of maybe in the middle of nowhere, Australia. Uh, yeah, you step outside and it's like tumbleweeds and yeah. it's yeah, a dust cloud moves by and you're like, well, they, they, they might be in like the outskirts of Sydney or something. I, I have no idea where they are. Um, you can kind of see like some taller buildings in the background of certain shots, but they're definitely in like suburbia, Australia somewhere. Yeah, if they were gonna, if they were going to redo this movie, of course they would, they would botch it and um, not make it what this movie is, which is really uh, honest and um, centered around the the story of the two characters. They would put it in a downtown booming city center, that kind of stuff. It would be, it would, it would cheapen it. I think mm-hmm. there yeah. has to be kind of like a level of kind of tackiness for this to work right because Um, like you get the the crazy hair and the 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 ridiculous over-the-top makeup and outfits and stuff like that it's spray tans yeah yeah 100 i like that you mentioned elvis i i didn't i haven't seen elvis yet but if we talk about oh you haven't seen elvis Mm -mm. oh i was gonna ask like this is we're talking about strictly ballroom in 1992 elvis is in like 2021 2022 so there's like 30 years between his first and his latest i would wonder like what are the differences slash like what are the motifs that you can kind of still see going through his career even through like the trailer that i remember seeing in theaters for from elvis it felt very baz lermany because of just like some of like the flash bulby stuff of like the mm-hmm. celebrity of of Elvis, that kind of thing, when he's like at the peak of, um, you know, like his name and lights and all that kind of stuff. It felt very, you know, Moulin Rougey, that kind of thing. But then also, too, it's kind of like the historical part because it takes you from like Elvis growing up to finding fame and then like his demise later um, and his real back roots growing up in Mississippi or Alabama, Tennessee, wherever the hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, forgive me everybody for not knowing for not knowing my elvis trivia um you're going to hell <laughs> i'm going to hell <laughs> i'll see him there with me um where like it feels like grimy and you know 
uh, like a little dirty, that kind of stuff, a little more honest, true turn of the century America, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I mean, it kind of see through through lines. It puts it in like a I don't want to put it in a box or anything, but like the the evolution of Baz Luhrmann from the 90s into the 21st century really, for me, means like just like wider shots, wider landscapes, just bigger more. spaces that yeah. he's dealing with. Not yeah. necessarily like more things in the shot, but it seemed like he he probably just like had more budget ultimately at the end of the day. <coughs> oh, yeah, um, for sure. But like he his later movies definitely incorporate a lot more CGI to create these like larger spaces. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if he wanted to take another whack at doing this one again or something like that. But honestly, I think this movie is great. And it was a it was a real delight. It yeah, it was. Yeah. All right. I know we're on a bit of a time crunch. Let me get your cocktail baby what are you drinking uh this delicious little thing so uh i wanted to originally call it what's in the thermos of um who's that fucking guy uh ken railings railings <laughs> i love that last name it's so good ken railings what's in the thermos ken um but uh i was kind of bankrupt like mentally for ideas so I went to the internet to kind of look up Australian cocktails. And where did mm -hmm. that lead me? It led me to the place where uh, there are no rules, but it's just right. Uh, Outback Steakhouse, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so this is a riff on one of their like signature cocktails, but I'm calling this a green pina koala. <laughs> a green pina koala. Yeah, so this is rum, pineapple juice, coffee liqueur, blue curacao. And a little bit of oat milk because I didn't have coffee or uh, coconut cream. So it's delicious. Outback Steakhouse, Australia's most famous export. <laughs> yeah, and, and Nicole Kidman. That's right. <laughs> Pam Short's broken both her legs and I want to dance with you. Oh, God, I loved that. <laughs> the little kids in this, that was unexpected. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were kind of like the Greek chorus. Yeah. <laughs> they were. All right. Um, what do you got? I, I have what I am calling a Bogo Pogo Spagliato. Oh, yeah. um, so this is essentially a uh, Negroni Spagliato, mm -hmm. which as we as internet users all know is equal parts vermouth, Campari, uh, and Prosecco. Uh, stunning. 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 Some grenadine for color and a little bit of a little bit of an orange uh like a, a garnish here that I think is actually from a cutie. Uh, oh, you guys have adorable. cuties? Oh, yeah. yeah. Adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, very fun. All right. Um, give me some final thoughts on Strictly Ballroom before we get into some end games here, bud. Uh, for a movie that I knew nothing about going into it, um, I was delightfully surprised. Mm -hmm. I was um, mentally prepared for like maximum carnage, full throttle Baz Luhrmann, glitz and glamour, wildness. But seeing a more reserved, um, more kind of focused storyline um, on two people just trying to fall in love or, or actively falling in love with each other uh, by way of dance um was was really was really neat and and i thought it was great and like i said like cutting the trailer myself and just kind of watching those scenes over and over of watching them dance together i was like i really like this yeah this if, is good this is good for me 
It's a great movie. Uh, it's a good time. I revisit it often. If you want this level of like uh, kind of quirky Australian comedy uh, from that era as well, check out Muriel's Wedding too. Uh, again, it's okay. Tony Collette. It's awkward and hilarious. And the same level of like quote unquote tackiness that we've been talking about is is also present. Amazing. Um. All right. Shall we get into Endgames? Yes. And a disclaimer, um, which was uh, hilarious. So you told me we were going to do this game, and you gave me the title. And I was like, cool, I'm going to give it a little, um, uh, what did I say, like a little samba flair or something like that. And you said, no, it's more like a sultry tango. <laughs> and I said, my only connection to what a tango is, is from Rent. Uh, which is the Tango Marine. And you said that is the most bi thing ever. And I never <laughs> felt more seen or validated in my entire life. Thank you. So here we go. Yes. How could I resist revisiting the game that we played during our Moulin Rouge episode? Welcome to the Jukebox Jungle, the game where you would normally craft your very own jukebox musical, but not tonight. Oh, because no. tonight we will be playing Jukebox Jungle Dance Edition 2024, oh, as shit. I have named it. Shit. <laughs> I will be your guide. I will walk you through the beats of your story. And you get to choose what ballroom dance styles should be danced to accompany each moment. I'll give you three dance options each time. And you always have the option to think up your own dance as well. Okay. Here we go. And I think you'll recognize the story because I didn't change it from last time. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> dance scenario number one. You are a simple peasant boy, can't even read, who longs for a life of adventure outside of this crappy farm. To vent your frustration, you dance by yourself about how much you want to get out and explore the world. Is that dance a lonely cha-cha, a sad little jive, or a surprisingly impressive foxtrot with a tree? Ooh, uh, I'm going to go with neither. I'm going to say it's a uh, fourth option. It's going to be a, a pathetic uh, a single swing dance, but in the mm -hmm. style of the mid nineties uh, swing dance from when the gap tried to make swing happen again. Uh, so it's going to be that it's going to be, it's going to be that swing dance. I'm going to need to look up more on that, but yes, you sound sad and pathetic and lonely. <laughs> um, <laughs> dance number two, 
You break out of that podunk town and immediately run into the love of your life. But she doesn't notice you, and she hates music. You convince her to do one dance with you. What dance do you lead to woo her? Is it a pasadoble? And you immediately treat her like a bull. (laughs) Is it a sexy little samba? Or... You're holding your feelings back and choose an austere waltz. Ooh, I like that one. But I'm going to go with my own choice. I'm going to go with a confusing interpretive dance. Mm, (laughs) We're just going to just like writhe in front of each other and just like see what happens. Okay, I'm starting to take this personally. Um, (laughs) Dance number three. The love of your life has been won over by your shitty interpretive dance and developed a taste for dance herself, but her family doesn't approve of you. Mm. They dance around her as a group to symbolically explain that you're no good and that she should leave you. Is that dance a fierce group tango, an aggressive quick step, or a surprisingly impressive and coordinated foxtrot? <laughs> have these been the same three choices just with different adjectives each time i don't know i don't know should have been <laughs> no, paying more no, attention no they have not <laughs> um i'm going to choose um what i'm about to say and that's going to be neither uh they're going to do a deeply coordinated irish dance like a, a stomp dance like oh, wow. lord of the dance michael flatley that's out of nowhere and terrifying. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just. Oh, it appears to work. Dance number four. Your love's family convinces her that you're not good enough for her, and she dumps your ass. In response, you resolve to show them that you're worthy by learning to read. What is the motivational montage dance that you and your friends perform for months while you learn to read? Is it a group waltz, like in a circle? Is it a very stompy Roomba? Or is it a surprisingly bro-y foxtrot? <laughs> what does that even mean? Surprisingly bro-y. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be a syncopated robot uh, dance uh, as a group, mm. but with... Um, with like a chant that goes into it. So R-E-A-D. He can read. Mm-hmm. Reading technology knowledge. I get it. Reading right. technology. Yeah. It's me, a robot. Bunch of robot dances. Love it. I want to <laughs> see this movie. Dance number five, the finale. Armed with your new reading skills, you now have a choice for how to proceed. Do you try and win back the love of your life? Do you decide that she wasn't actually that great and go off to explore the world? Or do you go back to your farm because you realize maybe it wasn't that bad after all? Either way, the entire town and everyone you've met along the way will be joining in and dancing back up. Your choices are everyone dances any style they want in the streets while it's raining. Or you go find that tree and finish what you started with that fox trot. Um, we are all going to walk home or dance home together, um, but the rain is going to hold off, but a dust storm is going to come in. So the only way to clear it up is we all just got to tap dance our way back home. Um, and and so there's no arm movement. It's just a lot of tapping, 
a lot of tapping down the street and it's very violent and kicking up dust everywhere. Um, Some dorky Kansas ass shit. But we get there. <laughs> and uh, I, I give like the tree a side eye of just like, so, uh, but the tree ignores me. One dance. She's already moved on. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Justin, you passed Jukebox Jungle Dance Edition 2024 with flying colors. You did not keep um, score like I thought. <laughs> And I actually have the movie rights to the story that we just came up with. It'll be releasing in 2025. Directed by Baz Luhrmann. Directed by Baz Luhrmann. It's going to be incredible. Oh, fantastic. All right. Let's close this baby out. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where we're going next episode? Um, as, as if you couldn't have already figured it out, we're going to do the movie that is smack in the middle of the... Um, Red Curtain Trilogy. It is going to be Romeo and Juliet, or Romeo plus Juliet. I don't know how you phonetically say it, but it is the uh, uh, the Leo DiCaprio, um, Claire, Danes. Uh, Claire Danes powerhouse performances all around. And you've never seen it, and it blows I my mind because it never rules. seen it. I'm it very excited for this. Rules. I saw it the first time I was like seven or eight, and. Uh oh, <laughs> so um, it did something. So um, very, it's a very cool movie. It's very fun. It fits in with this whole theme of everything that we've talked about of Baz Luhrmann. It's interesting that like that's, I don't know what number film Romeo and Juliet is for him, but it's got to be one of his earlier ones because they came out like it's his second one. Yeah, swung I mean, for the this, fucking. This was his directorial debut. So in '92, I didn't know if he did anything else from '92 to '96. Oh, like if he mixed some stuff into the trilogy. No, he did the trilogy all in a row. Okay, I didn't know if he did stuff in between. Okay, but cool. Because uh, holy shit, it is amazing. Um, it's got all the stuff that you'd expect. But um, yeah, that's where we're going to go to close out February. Uh, and it's kind of like a secondary sort of theme of, uh, you know, just like love and romance. And that's just, oh, you know, just where we find Romeo ourselves. and Juliet, a quasi-famous love story. That's right. <laughs> Among other things that are just in there. Um, but yeah, it's wild. Uh, but Joe, thank you for showing me uh, Strictly Ballroom. Again, I, I had no idea about this movie, and I don't think I ever would have come across it organically any hey, other way. This is why we do this. This, this is, is what why this we podcast this. is all about. This is what no one else is doing. Hell yeah. Get, getting us a little more cultured, and that's what we do. So uh, check us out on the socials uh, at Uncultured Universe, wherever you get it. Um, Sp Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, and um, uh, YouTube. Check it out. That's where we're at. And uh, we'll catch you guys uh, for the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.